Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman, joined as usual by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran. And we are going to be breaking down the Broncos quarterback outlook here on the podcast, a frequent subject of discussion, but it's an ever-evolving subject here in Denver. And we're going to talk, hey, what they do in the draft? Why? What didn't they do in the draft in terms of that position and why? And uh, maybe some Teddy and Drew talk, definitely some Teddy and Drew talk, should I say. And of course, the old man Aaron Rodgers, what are the hopes that he will come to Denver via trade? So Ryan, let's start off with backtracking a little bit to let's let's hold off on the Rodgers drama for now. But what about the draft? And everyone was you know, we talked about this on the last podcast uh, after the draft uh, that night. You know, number nine pick, Fields was right there. They go with Sertan, a cornerback. Thoughts there? And, and do you think, you know, a couple weeks removed, is it, was it still the right decision? When they, when they passed on Justin Fields, this was me at the Broncos Fieldhouse. I couldn't understand. I mean, you know, a couple weeks ago, you thought they'd have to move up for Fields to four, right. six, seven. He fell into their lap. You know, they they stuck to their board. I mean, who's going to have a bigger impact as a rookie? Probably Pat Sertan. Right. Uh, but and, and who's a safer pick? Yeah, probably it, Pat Sertan. Pro- right. Yeah, pro- I would say yes. Um, there's more of a hit rate on corners than quarterbacks. But, you know, it's what we talked about a couple weeks ago before the draft is let's say this team goes from 5-11 and 11 to 7-10. and 10. They're not going to be in position to get one of those quarterbacks next year. And if you're 7-10, and 10, that means you have a quarterback issue, most likely. So, I mean, you had it there. I mean, I mean you know, I'll reserve the right to be wrong because it won't be the first time. You know, people who have opinions tend to be wrong instead of just pandering to the team in this market. But um, are, I would have taken Fields. about that? It seems like that's a nerve. That struck a nerve well, right there. Well, here's what I would have done if you – well, we'll get to this. We'll get to this part with Rodgers. But back to Fields for a second. Um, you know, if, you, if they weren't totally sure, then they shouldn't have taken him, which they didn't. If they want to give Vic the best chance to be successful this year, then they shouldn't have taken him. So that's my two takeaways is they got a guy. And, you know, I hear all this, I almost swore, um, stuff about, well, they're just gaining, uh, you know, people to cover uh, the Chiefs receivers. First of all, the Chiefs don't have six receivers on the field at the same time. Second of all, and as I wrote in last Sunday's paper, you had the Chiefs at 22 points, a season low in that game, and you still lost. You have to score. You have to score points to let your defense rush the passer, be tight coverage, get their hands on some passes, intercept some footballs. So, I mean, I'm sure Pat Sertan, I mean, I think by week four or five, he could be your best corner. Uh, well, is that going to win you football games? Is that yeah, going to exactly. the Chiefs? I mean, yeah, that's, that's see, the it's ultimate like, question. That's, that, that's my thing. Is that, you know, after that first round, did, you, did they get closer to Kansas City? It feels they probably would have, but I would have liked to see that happen. Okay, so let's uh, backtrack to the wee hours before the draft, and Aaron Rodgers shows his hand. You know, he finds out probably he's not getting traded to San Francisco because they're taking Trey Lance, and he comes out and he says, I want out of Green Bay, you know, get, get me out of here. And Broncos country goes into a fervor. And here we Ryan are. O'Halloran went into a fervor. You went into a fervor. Mark Kisla went into a fervor. Mark Mark Kisla had his column like going the moment Schefter tweeted that. So, but here we are a couple weeks later. Rogers still at the Packers, and still it seems reading the tea leaves, he doesn't want to play there. He's maybe intent on holding out. Is there still a chance he lands in Denver via some crazy trade? I think so. Uh, you know, backtrack to uh, draft night. 
I thought if the Broncos traded down from nine to gather an extra 2022 first, they were stacking chips up for Rodgers. Uh, the Bears would have been glad to move up to nine for Fields, and they had to move up to 11, still gave up next year's first. You know, Rodgers and the Packers are obviously dug in. Neither, you know, the Packers have said, hey, we want him here. It's salvageable. He's our franchise. They're talking the talk. Though. Yeah, I mean, and Rodgers' camp is uh, Rogers's camp is staying quiet with the you know with a leak here and there probably. But here's how it can happen: the Packers realize, okay, this is a player that does not want to be here. This is a player who's 37 years old. There are teams who will give multiple first round picks for this player. The Broncos should be one of them. And uh, if the Packers raise the white flag on this sooner rather than later, that, that eliminates a distraction for their new quarterback, who would be Jordan Love. You can get a couple future first-round picks. You can maybe get a player or two from the team. So if I'm George Payton at the Broncos, I got my offer ready. That when I call the Packers, I want Brian Gutekunst, the GM in Green Bay, to, to say, done. I don't want him to say, let me get back to you, because that means he's calling Las Vegas, Miami, blah, 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 wherever. Uh, so... You know, be proactive, and you know my my trade proposal would be two ones, Jerry Judy, and maybe another player. Uh, the reason Judy over Sutton is Judy has a controllable contract. He has three more years left on that at a rookie wage scale. Cortland is a free agent after this season, so um, Rogers would obviously be an upgrade. He would make this franchise relevant. I don't, you know, I just want to. I, I would, I would like to cover it. If it fails, it'd be spectacular. If it's successful, it'd be spectacular. You can't lose from a writer's standpoint. There, if the Broncos think they can get three solid years out of him, then he's worth two ones plus a player. Agreed on all fronts there, and we'll be, of course be monitoring the Rogers scuttlebutt at DenverPost.com/Broncos. Real quick, does this remind you at all of Arenado? It does, but different sport, a lot more guaranteed money, a little more leverage from Rodgers, I think here because he's you know it's a quarterback league, it's not a third baseman league, you know, which makes the Arenado trade even more comical. Yeah, because he had no leverage. Right, he just said, "I want out." We won't get into that here on this show, but anyways, let's get back to the Broncos. And you mentioned, you know, Peyton's going to have his his offer at the ready. It's probably going to include multiple number ones. It's probably going to include. One or two, yeah, elite caliber players on the Broncos, a la Jerry Judy. But what's making sense about his approach right now? Should he be? I know it's it's kind of you, you can't really judge Peyton if you know things are evolving in Green Bay out of his sphere. But like you said, he's got to be ready to pounce on it. Yeah, and one question I've gotten doing radio shows everywhere except in Denver. I'm not cool enough to be on radio here. Is did the Broncos pass on Justin Fields because they felt they are going to get Aaron Rodgers? And I'd say, I sure as heck hope not. Yeah, that's that, a big gamble. That's a big gamble. I did not expect him to take a quarterback at any, at any point after the first round. So, whatever. So, you got Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. No, yeah, let's uh, break those, that duo down. I mean, is it – I put, I put Teddy a, a couple steps ahead of Drew. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a kind of competition where one guy, in this case – Teddy would have to be a lot worse, and if it's a tie, he definitely gets it. Right. Because if you're if you're Vic Fangio, when the schedule comes out, you got to ask yourself this question: Who's the best quarterback for me to avoid an zero and three start for the third straight year? Probably Bridgewater as the game manager. That said, I think Vic will have a quicker hook than at any point the first two years because he probably they probably do have better depth. It's not top end depth. Uh, you know, my message to Drew Locke would be stay ready. 
keep plugging along because your chance is going to come. I would say Teddy would be the favorite to start week one. But, you know, if, if either of these guys plays well, it's a hell of a redemption story. I mean, Locke led the league in interceptions last year. Teddy was not very good with Carolina, got cut one year into a three-year deal with Trade, excuse me. So uh, I'm sure these, these two guys have a lot to prove as well. For this Norwich podcast, that's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Noonan. We'll be monitoring Broncos quarterback situation all throughout the spring and into training camp this summer. Head to denverpost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage of the team. Appreciate you listening in to today's show. And until next time, folks, take it easy.